The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Tostitos, the official chip and the official dip of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome in to the Star in Frisco. We're here for the next 45 minutes, breaking down the Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons as the Broncos game, Week 9. We're done with it. We talked about it at the end of the show yesterday. Don't even mention it. It's done. <laughs> don't it even is, mention it. It is done. Are we? I don't know. We're probably going to bring it Are up. Are the fans done with it? I yeah, probably so. not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everybody's hurt, man. That was a different That was a different kind of loss. You know, the kind that people will not put in the rearview mirror. <laughs> and it just will. I mean, look, we just got to get to this Sunday to get this feeling behind us. You feel like that's going to happen this Sunday? Oh, heck yeah, we have to. Okay. I mean, we have to. It's, it's one of those things where the tape isn't going to lie. These guys are seeing the effort, and just when you go back over it, it's just ugh, it's just nasty. Uh, so I anticipate this Sunday at 12 o'clock, and those noon games have been a booger for us, man. Yeah. But, you know, I expect for these guys to do something uh, to come in more energetic uh, on Sunday at 12. I was pretty proud of Cowboys Nation Twitter. On Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the toxicity level was not what I expected. (laughs) The venom. The venom was not what I expected coming out of that game. I think people had it in perspective. I think when you win six straight, maybe you're due. Yeah. Sunday, if that happens again, though, it's, uh, yeah. That toxicity is going to be right back at the high level. It would go atomic, yeah. (laughs) One more time. It'll be atomic. Atomic. Yeah. Well, you could say that again. Welcome, Isaiah. Hello, good sir. How's it going, my friend? Good day, mate. Well, good day, mate. You had an early morning this morning. I saw it on your Instagram story. Oh, wait, so I was actually a late morning. Was it? Yeah. I got you to got to sleep in, in a little bit. I got to sleep in today. I didn't have to wake up till five thirty today. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I I hate that. I hate even thinking about that. Yeah. I was on I was on daddy duty, so the kids actually got up with me this morning. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, they love it actually. There you go. Every so often. Every so often. So we were talking about the the toxicity of Cowboys Nation and how it wasn't at the atomic level yet, but if the Cowboys do lose this weekend, it would reach new heights, ultimately, on Twitter and social media and website. That's that's Dallas. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, that's That's the the pressure that runs with it. That's that's what comes with being in Dallas. That's I can tell you from somebody who's been been with some of the larger organizations in 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 the NFL. That's Dallas. More so than New York, huh? More, even more so than New York. Wow. Yeah. What about New England? New England, they're, they're just supportive. All they do is win. So yeah, every, every organization in freaking Boston wins seemingly. At least when when I was playing. See, but I feel like that would ratchet up the pressure even more, though. No, I think they just have a confidence that everything's going to be okay. I mean, you got to remember, Cowboys fans have been waiting for <laughs> championships for a very long time. That's a good point. Um, the city of Boston hasn't had to wait that long. So uh, when you make those kind of comparisons, the city of New York hasn't had to wait that long. Yeah. Um, so they have more recent memories of things to grasp onto and hope to have um, confidence to have versus versus the Cowboys. I feel like the Cowboys are like hype, 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 and it right is like hype, 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 and so <laughs> yeah. I think people are tired of that roller coaster. Um, but yeah, 
So I think they're just they're hopeful, very very hopeful. Chris, Cowboy fans know what a great team looks like, though. It's been a long yes. time since they've had a champion, but they true. I think that's why, I think that's why there's some perspective here. I think people yep. know they're good. They just have to show it. They have to come out with the energy that they had during that six game win streak. So and a big then, part of it's about themselves. And then also the fact that we're always in the, in the national media and in, in everyone's face. So the expectation and the disappointment is always front and center as well. Yep. And you talk about other organizations like Boston. I mean, they were a, a, a grease fire for a number of years. And so it wasn't until Belichick and Tom Brady got there that any of that even started. So, I mean, you, you talk about the, the history of the Dallas Cowboys and winning Super Bowls. I mean, this is an expectation. And so, you know, even if the fan base sometimes – and I, it, that what really trips me out is how people perceive Cowboy fans as like these brats or, you know, this these people that, that feel as though each and every year is our year. Name a, name a team that doesn't feel like that. Name a fan base that doesn't feel like their team should be number one every year. And I'll show you a loser. Mm. Can I say where it's accurate though? Where? About the f- judging quarterback play in this town. I think that's the one where it's like there's no perspective there because they've been so fortunate and there's yeah. franchises that don't have anywhere close to the fortune they've had finding quarterbacks, whether it's mid-round picks, undrafted guys, first-round picks, you name it. I wonder if what percentage of Cowboys Nation? I think it's probably still pretty high, but how how large of a percentage it is that realizes how lucky, and I mean straight up lucky, the Cowboys got with Dak Prescott replacing Tony Romo and that seamless transition in 2016 and how that happened. And then the fact that it has carried on all the way through 2021 and it'll continue through the rest of Dak Prescott's career. I mean, that transition could not have worked out any better. For, for Cowboys fans, and it does bring up some bad memories for a lot of Cowboys fans as well, especially those that were really high on Tony Romo. But, I mean, having a franchise quarterback and then immediately replacing him with another franchise quarterback, it doesn't happen that often. But the Cowboys have had that great fortune over the last couple of years. Now, we, we keep talking about the how this team is good. or They can still do something special, even though you did have an embarrassing loss. The first step in that is, like I said, putting into the rearview mirror and then taking a step forward. And the Atlanta Falcons are that step forward this week. You also got a guy who knows the Atlanta Falcons pretty darn well. And that's Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, former head coach of the Falcons. And Heckma, you posed this question in our group message earlier in the week. But do you think Dan Quinn has... Uh, that brings a little bit of an advantage, the fact that he knows that organization inside and out and the fact that he has already left his stamp on this defensive or defensive unit. Yeah, I mean, I, and he even said it in his uh, interview that maybe you know only on personnel because he drafted most of these guys. <laughs> uh, but their systems and everything that they do now is completely different from when he was there. And so studying tendencies and all that, you know, that may be important, but still the different, the defenses, offense, everything is completely different from when he was there. So, I mean, again, if there's any advantage, it's just on personnel alone. What do you guys think about having that? Isaiah, did you ever play against a former coach like that? <laughs> Not head coach, but. Oh. I mean, did you have a head coach? Yeah. I, I mean, was thinking Belichick, but. Yeah. Yeah. Belichick. Um, Garrett, right? Yeah, played against Garrett. I mean, but that stuff does as a player, it doesn't matter. I mean, coaching wise, knowing the personnel, right? Knowing the personnel and knowing if there's obviously guys still on their roster that he's familiarized with, um, then he understands their strengths and their weaknesses, and you could play to those things. Um, you know, I think teams are 
It's no different than like Diggs. Diggs was balling out the first part of the season, right? And now teams know what he's what he's great at, but they also know what he's vulnerable to, right? So when you're a coach and you coach those guys, you also know those things. You know what they're more inclined to do. These guys, he's more inclined to jump on this type of route. They're more inclined to to take this type of set when you when we line up the, in this in this type of front. So there's there's advantages like that um, that I'm sure that he'll bring to those meetings. Um, but other than that, you know, guys just got to show up and play. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he was with Matt Ryan for six years. So I think in six years, you've got a pretty good read on what he likes, mm-hmm. what tendencies he, he doesn't like. And so I think that helps. But even from a personnel standpoint, some of the guys that are driving their offense weren't there when he was there. You know, Cordero Patterson was not there. Uh, Kyle Pitts was not there. So I, I think it helps, maybe f- especially from the quarterback perspective, because they had a close relationship and they worked together mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the scheme of the offense is different and a lot of the personnel is different. How much crossover is there between a defensive coordinator and a quarterback whenever, or not even a defensive coordinator, but a head coach and a quarterback when the head coach is so defensive minded? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, yeah. You know exactly what Matt Ryan doesn't like. You know, you know exactly the, the the looks that he likes. So when he used to call him when the plays came in, and he, you know, obviously he passed him along or gave gave Matt Ryan okay. Like he knew exactly what plays he wanted. Right, I like this type of look. Yeah. I, I feel confident in this. So I'm pretty sure Dan Quinn's going to stay away from those kind of looks. Uh, he also <laughs> knows exactly what pisses Matt Ryan off or what causes him issues. And you know, he he was able to 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 fire those things up in practice or not. Simply, you know, to have whatever type of practice they were looking for. So he knows the advantages and disadvantages, and um, you know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see. Tendencies. Exactly. Yeah, the tendencies, man. Yeah. I mean, you know your quarterback. If you're a head coach, you know your quarterback. And I love what he had to say about him. He says he's an ultimate competitor. And knowing that, you know, Matt Ryan has been one of those quarterbacks over the years that has gone as high as he could possibly go to, you know, going to a Super Bowl and going as low as he could possibly go with, with just – Man, team having an awful season, him being injured. Right now, I think even in the evaluation of the Falcons, man, it's just really kind of weird to see them without Julio and some of the guys that mm-hmm, yeah. had been a part of the team for so many years. They're completely changed. And uh, I think the team that we're going to see come in here on Sunday is going to be a lot different from the one that was here last year that we, you know, obviously the famed watermelon kick and all of that. Uh, and it was a victory that we had to pull out. But I want to see what Arthur Smith brings to the table. Uh, I think Arthur Smith, and, and, you know, a new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, 39 years old, one of those offensive minds that everyone kind of thrust to the front. Um, you know, he had his success in Tennessee. You know that they went from Tennessee, they wanted to run the ball, play off a of play action, and throw. And I think that's the same thing that they're doing here. The way that they're using Cordell Patterson, I think is very interesting. I, I've watched Cordell Patterson's career, and hell, I didn't know he was that kind of weapon. But they obviously saw something in him and what he does that they think, you know, is can lead this franchise. And right now, if the, if the season ended right now, Atlanta would be in the playoffs. And that, yep. that's, that's hard to fathom for a lot of people. And that's another thing. You can't overlook this team as well. I don't think that's going to be a problem after what the Broncos just did. But you can't overlook this this squad as well. Just because they had a poor start to the year, they've won some some gritty games. Four and four, and all four of their wins have been within a single score. I mean, they've won close games. And I, I guess through the Cowboys side of things, they've won close games as well. So if you want to kind of look at the two back and forth, you, you got to make sure you take them seriously. Now, with with Dan Quinn and the game plan that he has and the fact that he knows the personnel to a certain extent on the offensive side of the football, what would he say the strengths are of this Atlanta squad 
Would it be Corderell Patterson? Would it be Kyle Pitts? Is it the run game? What what exactly is it specifically that Dan Quinn would try and take away? It's not the run game. You know, they, they don't run it a lot, and they haven't run it with a ton of success either. I think they're getting 3.4 yards to carry. They're near the bottom of the league in attempts. You know, it's it's Matt Ryan and and you guys have watched it. I mean, they're they're kind of in the mismatch business, basically. They've got a a running back who's not really a running back, <laughs> and they've got a tight end who's not a tight end. They, you know, it, they, they try to create mismatches with Cordero Patterson out of the backfield, line him up everywhere, and Kyle Pitts lines up everywhere and sometimes is getting the attention of the number one cornerback on the other team. So interested to see how the Cowboys handle both of those because it's a pretty unique offense from a personnel standpoint. Matt and Rob hit it right on the head. I mean, these guys, are they, they create mismatch nightmares. I mean, they create personnel nightmares for you. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of kind of incredible the fact that Cordell Cordell right Corderell Corderell like come like like Corderoy Corderell yeah um, that's how I'm gonna remember it Corderoy Corderoy if you call him that sometime throughout the week I'm gonna laugh so hard yeah, it'll happen I'm sure no disrespect um, but I mean the fact that he can line up in the backfield and you have to treat him as a running back but then he could literally widen out and if you don't have the right personnel called on the defensive side of the ball you're gonna put a linebacker on him mm. or a safety on him mm. either way you lose and he'll run a go route too on you yeah either like. way you lose he's a receiver by trait yep he's a returner by trait um, so you line up Anybody but Micah Parsons, you're gonna lose. You line up, you know, you know, Jaron, Jaron, Jaron Curse, and try to guard him on a route. It's probably not gonna end well. Even though Curse has had a good year, you know, sticking tight ends. This is not a tight end. This is not a running back. This it's is a a, this is a wide receiver that has the size to be able to you know, lay the hammer down when need to be. So. They, that's that's just Rob's point. They create those those matchup issues for you. And I don't. I'm interested to see personnel wise. What what we go out there with on defense when they come out in these different packages? Because again, if, if Pitts widen widens out, who do you put on him? If Cordell comes out the backfield, Cor- Cordell comes out the backfield. Then what do you do? Uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to 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 see uh, for Dan Quinn. I think that he has the personnel to match up perfectly with these guys. I mean, you know, Kyle Pitts is a tight end, it, well, slash receiver. Uh, Patterson in his career, uh, right now he's looking good. He's he's done some some pretty good things. And, and like we said last year when we were evaluating the uh, Atlanta Falcons, you know, even the Chrysler 300 looks like a Bentley. Mm. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to make sure that I stay with that because I feel like this defense has the leg up. Uh, on uh, the Falcons offense and the reason being is we got to get back to getting pressure uh, on the quarterback we hadn't been able to do that and I think you know so much has been made of getting turnovers what's going to happen when this defense doesn't get a turnover we had one last game but obviously a a flag negated that but we have to get back to that that's what we that's what we do create those turnovers create pressure and make quarterbacks make bad decisions and that's where Matt Ryan I believe is at his best in making those decisions those bad decisions. He's going to give you chances. He'll give you an opportunity to get the ball. But obviously with the deep crossers, and we're seeing those be a problem sometimes for, for Diggs, they're going to hit us with that. And they're going to try and put put those mismatches together. But we have to understand, man, they're without Calvin Ridley. And Ridley took his you know absence because of mental health, and we wish him all the best. Uh, but still, I think that when you look at uh, Russell Gage uh, and our ability to play him with uh, Lewis, I, I think those are, those are matchups that our guys should look for. 
forward to because these are winnable for them. But Isaiah is right. When he's out of the backfield, uh, is, when Patterson's coming out of the backfield, do you put Micah uh, on him? Do you go with J. Ron Curse on him? I think there are things that you can do within your defense to make sure that he's not the one guy that beats you. Let's, let's say that they're in, I guess, what would it be? 11 personnel, three mm-hmm. wide receivers. You've got the running back, which is Corderell Patterson in the backfield. And then you've got the one tight end in Kyle Pitts on the field, right? And you spread out Corderell Patterson. He comes out of the backfield and he adds that, that fourth wide receiver look. So now you're in one personnel. Mm. What, what's the difference from really any other team just putting four wide receivers with a tight end? It's what they initially come out in. Okay. So you initially come out in <clears throat> you initially come out with with three receivers. So guess what? You put three DBs out there. Mm-hmm. Or you put three cornerbacks right. out there, right? And nickel. Now all of a sudden he comes out the backfield. Now who bumps out? Your linebacker, mm-hmm. right? So it's all about the personnel that they come out and line up with. That's how they create those mismatches. That's that's how they that's how they mess you up because they can come out in twelve personnel. Yep, they can come out of twelve personnel. You know, one running back, two tight ends, and two wide receivers. Well, all of a sudden, now you're in your base defense, and now you got this dude. He comes out the backfield, and you're like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> or they have a short split with their receiver, and now they run Pitts outside, and then they motion Patterson, and now they're at, now they're in an empty set, and you're guarding Pitts with a cornerback, and you're guarding you know Patterson with a dog on linebacker. It's, it's just they can create some some bad situations for you. Everybody's gonna have to have their their antennas up. But how do you combat that? Maybe even prior to the snap with personnel, who do you put out there if you know that there's a chance that Patterson does split out wide? I mean, I think you I think you negate it by doing exactly what Rob said. Rob said they're not running the ball well. They're not. They're not running the ball well. So knowing that they're not running the ball well, you might be able to come out in these nickel type sets and and not and just just say, hey, guess what? No matter what you do, we can stop your run, even in this personnel grouping. And if you decide to widen these guys out, we have the personnel out there to, to go ahead and guard you. You're not going to mess this up and never go. You, you call it a big nickel, whatever you want. Yeah. That's we're, we're typically in the nickel anyways. anyways yeah. So, I mean, whether they go empty or they go with him in the one, you know, as, as the back in the backfield, we're usually there. And, I, and, the, and for me, again, going back to uh, our strong safety, it's Jerron Curse. Um, Jerron Curse is, is, the, is the, the link. Uh, in this game or most of the games when they go to an empty set uh, where he's having to make plays or he's isolated with the tight end. We still have to talk about Hayden Hurst. I mean, we're looking at other pieces, but Hayden Hurst is also a weapon uh, for them as well. So, I mean... And Zacchaeus, that dude is coming along strong, so you better respect him as well. What do you have, two or three touchdowns last week? he's balling. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. balling. And he's playing more without Ridley. Yes. I mean, they play... Cowboys play a lot of big nickel, like you said. And, And... if you watch, I mean, the Falcons will run against that mm-hmm. and 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 hand it off if they see you know kind of a light front. But yeah, they haven't run it that great. And I do think, to your point, heck, the Cowboys are way better equipped this year than they were last year with yes. Curse's versatility, Parsons' speed back there. They've just got more versatility. They just they just didn't play well last week. I mean, they, I, Quinn said they missed fourteen tackles. They didn't finish runs. Didn't finish plays. They were trying to strip the ball, trying to get that takeaway instead of just wrapping up and finishing the play. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. It just wasn't a good performance. And and you know, if you go back to the Patriots game, I think they tried to test the Cowboys in space with their tight ends and their running backs. So we'll see how it responds. It'd be a good chess match. I think stopping the run is going to be. Yeah one of the easier assignments, but it's still something that concerns me because of the way that the Cowboys defense has given up some chunk yardage on a couple of occasions this year. 
if they come out and play like they did against Minnesota, you're going to feel pretty good. If they come out and play like they did uh, last week against Denver, you're going to feel like maybe you're, you're <laughs> missing something. Um, and by the way, going back to your ter- takeaway point earlier, I meant to mention this yesterday, but now we I thought we had an answer after the Minnesota game and the Cowboys defense did not have a takeaway. I was like, wow, this defense can still play when they don't have a takeaway. This is awesome. This is going to be really good moving forward. And then the next week it just completely went the opposite direction. Didn't have a takeaway and you didn't play well. So we have two opposite ends of the spectrum. If the Cowboys can even find a middle ground, I feel like you're going to be fine with it. But there's more to talk about with that moving forward. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, is Matt Ryan still Matt Ryan? What can he do that picks apart this Cowboys defense? And who needs to step up on the defensive line when we return right after this? Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. It's a great people, great pay replay here at Talkin' Cowboys because Jason Witten. He's done it. He has joined the Caliber Collision team. You can join him to do great work with great people for great pay. Apply now at jobsatcaliber.com. That is jobsatcaliber.com. Second segment here of Talking Cowboys here on a wonderful Wednesday. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, yes, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back. And I pose this question going into the break. Is Matt Ryan still Matt Ryan? Can he put up big numbers? Well, over the first four games of the year, the answer was probably no. <laughs> Went one and three, averaged under 20 points per game. Points per game allowed for the defense was 32 points per game, so it's not like the defense really helped him out a whole lot. But over the last four games, however, the Falcons are three and one. 
They've averaged over 24 points per game, so seeing an uptick there. And the defense is playing much better with five takeaways and averaging just 23 points against. So I ask you the same question. Based off of the numbers that you heard there, is Matt Ryan still good enough? Is he still elevated his game enough, Hackma, to be able to pick apart a defense like he did early in his career? Well, he has the best nickname in the game. Matty Ice? It's Matty Ice. And he has been... Uh, his nickname is so good that yeah. almost every Matt in the world has probably been called Matty yeah. Ice at some point. At some point. I stole the nickname for some Yeah, people. you called Matt Kent, who does great yep. work in the studio. Yep. Matty Ice, like every day. Yep. You know, I grew up in a neighborhood where if you, a nickname, boy, you bet if you got one, it sticks. It sticks. <laughs> and it stays with you. And a lot of people <laughs> give you a bad nickname. I was about to say, there's probably not some good ones in there. Nah, it's a, you know what? It is. It is some good ones. But I'm telling you, they stay with you. But Matty, and look, I know you're thinking of some right now. I, hey, I got some too. I might some rest. <laughs> yeah. He's probably thinking of KY. <laughs> No, well, oh, yeah, uh, but Matt on the air. Yeah, the, the thing is, you're right. I mean, Matt Matt Ryan is a veteran quarterback that you know hasn't lost it. He's not one of those guys that you know has fell off the deep end. He's lost some of his receiver depth for sure, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but he's still able to make all the throws. He's still competent, um, and he knows that he can get he can get the ball there. I just think that you know, as far as his protection uh, yeah. and things like that, those things are breaking down. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you're an old quarterback or you see Justin Fields in Chicago. Man, you can't maneuver and do a whole lot when you don't have time in the pocket. And that's going to be the biggest thing for him uh, because he needs for these plays to develop. I think that their their head coach definitely tries to put him in a position uh, to, to be successful. They change his launching point in certain games you've seen where they're getting pressure on him. But, again, I think for the Dallas Cowboys, they cannot come into this game being overconfident. The number one thing has to be is getting pressure on Matt Ryan and creating those turnovers. How do you do that against this offensive line? Is this offensive line better than any of the ones you've seen previously? No, this offensive line is struggling. And and Matty Ice uh, turns lukewarm whenever he has some pressure. Uh, He has Whenever he has to move his feet. (laughs) He literally melts. Yeah, exactly. He's the doggone snowman. (laughs) um, But no, he... um, He's, he can still deliver the ball. He's still he's still you have to respect this man. Don't disrespect him. We learned our lesson in that already. Um, There's a reason why I sit up here and talk about how good players are every week. Um, you have to respect this dude. And but the way that you can throw him off his game is you know get some pressure on him. And whether that results in sacks or not, I think it still affects the game just as much. Um, he doesn't throw the ball well on the move, um, and he has guys that are able to get to the middle of the field right now. A lot of times you're worried about guys outside the hashes. You're worried about guys outside the numbers in the NFL. Um, he has guys that can work the middle now, and that's dangerous if you allow for him to set his feet back there and be comfortable. Hmm. Yeah, Gage does that. Zacharias does that. Obviously, Pitts does that. Yeah. Um, I thought against the Saints, he did a pretty good job of of just buying a little extra time, moving up in the pocket, climbing the pocket, doing because he because you're right, like the pressure was on him, and it's not the strength of their their offense right now, even though they have some good players, Jake Matthews, obviously. So, but he can he can buy a little extra time. I think the the thing you worry about is just he has seen everything in the NFL. <laughs> He's seen every coverage you can throw at him, and and honestly, when we talk about. It goes the other way. I mean, he's been around Quinn for a long time. I think one thing you give Quinn credit for, and he talked about it Monday, is he's changed a lot of his philosophy. He's, you know, when he came here, we said, oh, cover, he's a cover three defense. He plays a lot of different coverages. And Completely so, changed. Yeah. And, and that's, that's part of him adapting 
after he got let go from the Falcons. He, he said he went back seven years and, and looked at everything I did, Seattle, Atlanta, and tried to, to kind of change that up and add more. And that'll be important against a guy that he coached for six years. Yeah. And he also went 276 for four touchdowns last last year versus us. So yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> let's he, not forget that. He yeah, he's play. done it. <laughs> uh, if I gave you one guess to, to say where Matt Ryan ranks in terms of completion percentage, efficiency in the NFL since week three, what would your guess be? Uh, um, I wouldn't know. know. You wouldn't know? His completion percentage? Yeah, completion percentage. It's it's almost 70, right? Yeah. 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 70? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 69.5 completion percentage since week three. That's second in the NFL, only behind Kyler Murray. So... In that winning streak or the three out of or three and one streak that I, I mentioned coming into the the segment, he's been dealing. So that's pretty good. He's been dealing. Yeah, seventy percent completion rate is pretty good. Pretty good. Right? Uh, but this guy used to have one of those. <laughs> but you know, they, these guys are not. They don't have a lot of explosive plays, and so those are all short yardage things that he that he's doing. So I mean, for our worries about our defense has been all the big play. You know, the big play, giving up the big play uh, has been our Achilles' heel. I think in, in you just can't allow for Atlanta to get certain things going. We talk about them not having a true running back. Well, when they turn the hand the ball off to Mike Davis and he's grinding up some yards, that kind of opens up everything on their offense. You want to keep them in the bubble that they came in. And they, they're not used to getting those big chunk plays. But when they do, that's when you see their offense actually clicking. Also, I forgot about this whenever we're talking about this offense and the potential of linebackers having to cover tight ends and having to cover Corderell Patterson. Kyle Pitts and Micah Parsons played against each other in high school. They were high school rivals and both on the All-State team in high school in Pennsylvania. So something interesting to, to think about. Is there breaking news over there? No, I'm just looking at some of these stats. Uh, my guy, you know, G-Matt sends out emails that helps oh, yeah. us out. And the last four games, these guys have a 75% winning percentage. They're averaging 24 points a game. Uh, you know, we're not going to talk about the defense right now, but they're they're scoring more than they than they are allowing uh, right now, and these boys are picking it up. So as you talk about Matt Ryan and his completion percentage over these last you know three four games, you know, it's, it's that's, that's why right they're figuring it out. They're figuring out their personnel. Um, One, it's complimentary football too. It's complimentary football for sure. I mean, but you know, one of your favorite human beings in the world in this past draft was was Kyle Pitts. There's no secret about that. And no, right. in the first. You're right. Three or four games, they didn't know how to utilize him. They didn't know how to, you know, how to incorporate him into their offense. Guess what? Ding, ding, ding. They figured it out. Um, so now all of a sudden they figured that out, and now they're starting him and, and Matt Ryan are starting to get that symmetry and that chemistry, um, and it's starting to result in W's for them. So yeah, they have they've had some feel good games. I mean, and I love you know the the schedule that they have wins against the Giants, uh, lost to the Washington Football Team. They beat the Jets. They beat the Dolphins. Um, they lost against the Panthers. Are you saying yeah, I mean, it, was, it was the same thing as last do? week? Same thing last week against yeah. Denver. Denver's Denver's wins no, were against teams no. that were not good. But but if we play if we have to play a Denver every week, I, I think I hear I was just addressing your point in terms of their feel good wins. Denver, their feel good wins were all was all their win columns as well. So that right there, I wouldn't look at that more. So I would more so look at the aspect that these guys are starting to figure out how to utilize their personnel, how to incorporate their offense. Patterson is getting – he's everywhere now. In the first couple of games, they, were, they they had an idea what they wanted to do with him. Now they know exactly how to utilize him. Saints had two loss going into last week as well, and Atlanta came out and smacked them in the mouth. I mean, they got up early, and boy, did they almost collapse again late. But 
Uh, the fact that they got up so big on New Orleans was pretty impressive. Yeah, and this and this Zach is cat. I know he doesn't. His stats aren't like a lot, jumping off the screen. Watch him, mm-hmm. please yeah. watch him. Please watch him. Rob, Robinson put us all on notice now. So we the guy that comes in, we not expected. Now the the, the fifth Patrick. guy, yeah, the fifth guy, the fifth guy on the roster, we better watch out for. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, these guys, these guys do some good things, and like you said, the respect level has to be there. But when I look at their schedule and some of their wins, and even going back to that Saints game, they tried to give that game. They up. They tried. They really away. tried to give that game up. So. This is going to be an interesting matchup. You're right. They haven't beaten a bunch of playoff teams. If you go into New Orleans and win, though, I'm impressed. Yeah. I, that, that's <clears throat> The Cowboys, whether they had a starting quarterback in there or not, That's I think that's an impressive win. Division but, game. Division game for sure. I, How much of this do you think you guys think is just about just getting back to playing the way they play defensively? I mean, yeah. Dan Quinn kept talking over and over about that on Monday. He said, I think just remembering what that relentless nature of going and finishing can feel like and look like and what you've seen from that defense, we've got to capture that. Every time you go, it's got to be that way. I, don't, I mean, I personnel-wise, yeah, there's mismatches, all that, but they, they were not physical. They were not they, – they missed tackles. I think some of this stuff is self-scout and just mm-hmm. get back to playing the mm-hmm. way you play. Um and they'll be all right in that regard. Although, like you said, they're still giving up big plays. That's been a common theme every week, whether it's run game, mostly in the pass game, but they gave up too many big – I think they had six explosive runs for like 130 yards Broncos did last week. I love that, man. And it's a term people use in football and in sports, period. Let's, let's get back to being us. And I think if we get back to being us, you'll feel better uh, about – Going in and smacking uh, the Falcons around because you felt you had to feel horrible about your effort uh, versus the Bron- versus the Broncos and the tackles. You talked about it. You're going in. You're trying to strip guys and they're getting getting away and getting 10, 15 extra yards. Get the guy down. This is the first time I think I've seen a game where we made contact and the runner kept going. Yeah. And so this is the if, if this is going to be a first time, let it be the last time. Got to make it be the last time. Now, for those of you who played the game, both of you at the end of the table, when there's a loss like that and you turn around, you have to get back to being yourself. What's the approach from a practice standpoint? What, what kind of practice are you having? Because the Cowboys are back on the field today. What, what kind of practice are you having to, today and tomorrow in order to get back to that point? Oklahoma yeah. drill? <laughs> bull in the ring. We're going to go, bull, we go just, bull in the ring. <laughs> no, it's no different. It's just, you know, you're just more dialed in. You know, you're just asking guys to be more dialed in. You recognize that. This is such a PR it was answer, a, and I'm so well, excited I mean, about it. I mean, it's, it is. I mean, you're you're asking guys to be more dialed in, watch more film, you know, be more um, be more intent on, on executing your assignments. He's, this was not a – a physical just beating in terms of us just getting just thrall like New England did on our first drive. That wasn't that was that was just being out physical because we just couldn't stop them physically. Mm-hmm. This was uh, out physical because guys just didn't show up and you just meant they mentally weren't there. So to your point, Heckman, if, if the guys get back to showing up, get back to you know uh, being approaching the game the proper the proper way and executing, then then I think we're we're feeling pretty doggone good about it. Um, but in terms of practice, yeah, it's just dial in. Hey, get back, get back, focus. Whatever happened to you last week? Get that mess about your system. Get locked back in. We did that. not just face a doggone you know monsters and they just came and just, <laughs> None just, of the just thrashed us. You know, <laughs> so, hit them high, hit them low. <laughs> hit them low. That's not what that just happened. No, and you know, being in this building, man, and having an opportunity to speak with guys like Nate Newton, that you know, and you talk to Nate, and, and being 
coached by Jimmy Johnson, their whole mentality on those teams were completely different. Now with the you know players not hitting through through the week, they were having live hitting sessions through the week. So yeah. when they got to the game, there was no such thing as you know guys not putting in the effort because guys were always worried about their job under Jimmy. And so, you know, I just lo- I love having those conversations with, with guys that have done it at, at a high level, that's been there, that understand that, look, man, right now these guys, and you even say it all the time, man, this is Cupcake. I would love to be a part of this this training regiment of what they're doing during the week. And so having a lit down game like this and, and guys knowing that, you know, look, they didn't get to this, they didn't get to this level by accident. So, you know, going back to what made them professional athletes going to be important and tackling is just a part of it. It. Under this schedule, Isaiah, you could have played another eight games. Bro, I'm thinking about stretching right now. Don't do it. You <laughs> don't, cool. don't Just get sit out right there. there dog. At least good. be a long snapper. You got to beat Barry Church in a race first, dude. <laughs> you got to make it happen. Or first. Be from be Ohio. From Ohio. Doesn't, have a chance. doesn't have a chance. No chance. Drinking too much of that wine, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sipping on that. The wine. man makes his own wine. Yeah, I would. I would be <laughs> sipping on it too if I was. If I was yeah, here. Yeah. All right, demise, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, who is under the most pressure on? defense to have a good performance on Sunday when we return here on Talking Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. <laughs> see more. <laughs> do more Essilor on Talking Cowboys. <laughs> Come on, dog. I Look like, at me. I, I feel the- like he pooted at the same time. <laughs> 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 
burp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it through that gotta, one. You got to have some like fluidity with the wrist. <laughs> Come on, oh, man. Just holding it in. <laughs> <laughs> I did the best I could. I did the y'all keep Hey, y'all Things don't want me to do it. I can't, I'm using too much you, palm. You definitely, you, you got the fingers I'm right. I'm too palmy. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm just, I can't get that. That was know. like a punch, though. That was like a Super Jeez. Mario punch. It was too tight. <laughs> it was up tight. Chris Beam is is coming hey, in with further hey, review. First of all, you, I know you like to watch tape. Go watch the tape. <laughs> get better. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Hey, that's a true friend. That is. That's, that's accountability. That's you know what? Well, you need those kind of friends, Heckman. But here's the thing is, you, when you flicked it, it's okay. All yeah. right? You left your hand out there a little long. Is that right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. got game style. A little long. Am I right? Heck, uh, I love him basketball, Isaiah. sorry. Yeah, I love him basketball. Long. I left the hand up. Yep. A little long. <laughs> Kept the hand Too much. cookie jar. You have to say the last line. Oh, okay. Like, man, I got caught up. More, I got caught up. I got caught up in the whole That's thing, slow. man. They you, get, you know what? Y'all want to just start it over? <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna no, we a, don't. You're going to get a FedEx letter from Essilor. They're going to find you. They're going to find you. They're going to find you. I'll be better. They're going to repo his glasses. I'll be better. I'll be better, Essilor. I'm sorry. All right. Final segment here of Talking Cowboys. And guess what, Heckma? How about that? Fix this Rich? Yeah, how about that, Des? <laughs> Fix this. Fix this. Um, what a moment. Heckman, you won't have to do the the read. You you'll you'll say the read the next two nights or next two mornings. Why is that? Because you're hosting the next two days. Mm. Oh. Woo! Mm. I'm out for Thursday and Friday, so oh. you guys can join. Just, just leaving us, huh? Yeah. Oh. I am. Big time, big time, big time, big time. Just for two days. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be back on Sunday for all the other. G- Fellas, game day coverage. <laughs> Fellas, we're gonna be off the chain. Yeah, off Thursday. the chain. No chain. No chain. No chain. Just the pendant. Not hey, who was that guy that played yeah. first base for the Yankees a long time ago? I can't remember. Jason Giambi. No. Uh, who <laughs> was it? Wally Pip. It was Wally Pip. That's oh, okay. That's fair. If Heckman wants my job, he can have it. Nah, don't nobody wants your job. Exactly. Can't so nobody, back off. Can't nobody out Kyle Kyle. Yeah. 911. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Calling go. that 911. All right. Final it's couple minutes here. Final couple <laughs> so minutes. So he said? Yeah. What did I say that? No, that's what he just oh. said. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, who is under the most pressure on the Cowboys defense to have a better performance on something? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, who would you say? Would you say it's a specific player, specific unit? It doesn't matter. But who has the biggest pressure on them moving into Sunday, Rob? I mean, this is a cop-out, but I think it's everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't think any level of defense went well Sunday. I mean, you could point out specific guys and say Micah played well, especially in the pass rush game. Leighton had a bunch of tackles, but I don't I don't think top to bottom it went well for, for anybody. And I know you put Trayvon Diggs on the on the rundown there, and I think he's an interesting guy to talk about because he's got all these interceptions, but he's got some penalties lately, and he's given up some plays. And you know, either Quinn or Mike McCarthy said he's probably playing. I think Mike said he's playing a little too aggressive right now. So how do you how does he strike that balance? Because that's what makes him good uh, as a cover guy. But how do you not give up as much as he's been giving up lately as well? Yeah. I think Curse has to have a big game. I think Curse and Parsons, um, and obviously depends on what Coach Quinn does in terms of personnel matchups, but Curse is going to have his hands full, obviously, with Pitts, and I think Parsons will be the guy that's kind of touted to be following around Patterson anywhere he goes. That's what I would do. 
Do you think Curse and his ability to cover Jared Cook back in week two and kind of having that mm. even remotely translates mm. to what Kyle no. Pitts can do? Because I'm thinking no. of big athletic tight ends, and Kyle Pitts is a different animal yes. than Jared Cook. But Jared Cook's right up there, at least in terms of the guys he's faced. Jared Cook was tripping over himself. This, I mean, <laughs> What's your deal with Jared Cook? You call I don't have it. Watch the film. Watch the film. I mean, He's an older He's, a, he's, an older he's got an axe to grind with certain he's, players. I don't. Man. Jared Cook is not a route runner. What did he do against you? Did he he Jared, Jared Cook's not a route runner. Did he, he have a you in the, in the weight Cook, room? What no, happened, man? Listen, I don't have any. People who are stronger than me, you can have it. Listen no, I, I did everything I needed to what do. Was, what was the comparison you made to Juggernaut? Juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's ju- Jared Cook's Juggernaut. Boom. He's top heavy. <laughs> he's top. I mean, you go back to Jalen. I think Jalen Smith was trying to cover him, right, and some other stuff. Anyways, well. he's not a route runner. Um, <laughs> Kyle Pitts is a route runner. I mean, you think about the Titans that we faced this year. Yeah, Gronkowski week one, he ate. He ate a whole plate. Thanksgiving came back for seconds. Actually, uh, who else did we face that was a beast of a tight end? Gronk. I'm saying, aside from Gronk, mm, not really. Yeah, we haven't faced one, so I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Curse is the next I next think, most think challenging guy from the Giants, but he's he's no, kind of off yeah, his his no. thing. But you know what? I think I Pat agree with Stidens. you. Yeah, I was thinking Patriots. Patriots. Um, blank yes, the Patriots. Games. The Patriots. Yes, yes. those guys. Good talk. Yeah. yeah, those guys yeah. are good. It's really good. So yeah, that's that's the next next group that I would say put in that in that category. And those guys are kind of a dual threat. This is the guy for them. But I agree with both of you. I just want to say I agree with both of you uh, to that regard and, and not taking the easy way out that everybody has to play better on defense. But you're right about Curse. You know, Curse is leading the team right now in tackles. Fact check me on that, Chris Bean, but I believe he is. And if he finishes the season leading this team in tackle, it'll be the first time that a free safety or safety has led the team in tackles since B from Ohio. Wow. Who had 110 mm. tackles. So, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that's an integral part of what we do. But you're right, man. He has his hands full uh, on, on defense, especially uh, versus Kyle Pitts. But I, th- I believe this, Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory has to get that motor going, bash him. Our edge guys have got to continue to put pressure on Matt Ryan because, like you said, the offensive line is compromised, and we know that uh, Matt Ryan will give you uh, opportunities. And in yeah. the run game, too, edge containment was a problem. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they bounce a lot of stuff outside. You know, they got beat in the middle interior, too, in the run game, too. So I'd say just that front four, five, whatever you want to call it, uh, for sure. I, I wonder, I mean, is this a matchup for Diggs, though, against against Kyle Pitts? Do you think that's, they need Ooh. to, I, I'm just watching it back. I mean, Xavier Howard was covering Which Kyle Pitts at to. times. So. Yeah. I don't know. I, it'd be interesting. Yeah, Kyle Pitts had also had yeah, <laughs> that yeah. in will. Yeah, no, Kyle did, Pitts had did. nine for one nineteen. Yeah, or wait, no, it was seven for one sixty three. And that there were some pass interferences there too. And, yeah. So, yeah, that was not a. And good by the matchup. way, Micah Parsons now leads the team in tackles. Oh, that's why. That's why I go. said you'll fact check. I know it was no, coming. It, so well, Curse is right there. It's by one tackle. There you go. So it's fifty two. I know it was coming. I'll be on my ride home. You were wrong. Get a call from Chris. I will get it. Yes. Oh man. All right. We messed up. <laughs> well, that's it for us here on Talking Cowboys. What's coming up tomorrow? You previewing Cowboys offense? Uh, yeah, Cowboys. We're going to talk about Dak Ooh. getting that calf back. Michael Gallup back in the fold. Uh, yes. Off the chain wait, tomorrow. Wait, wait. No chains allowed uh, no in chain. studio. No don't chains. Bring you, don't bring you one gold chain tomorrow, man. Don't no do chain. It. I don't wear any necklaces. I have eczema. Thanks. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no chain is right up your alley. This is great. All right. For Chris Beam in the back, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!